0: Before we get started on today's episode, we have a request for you, dear listeners. We're planning to have an episode in the near future where we answer your questions. Shoot us an email with any questions you might have about us, our careers, teaching in general, or our opinion on the latest Star Wars film, or anything else you can think of. We can't wait to hear from you. Seriously, we can't wait. Send us questions right now. (laughs) Shut up, Clint.
1: On with the show. This time on Schooldia, Clint and Chad play a silly game naming things, pontificate on the problems with cheating, and shoot the breeze during dad chat. Okay, enjoy the episode!
0: Hello again everyone, this is Clint in sunny Roanoke, Virginia.
1: And I'm Chad, coming to you from surprisingly also sunny Astoria, Oregon, and welcome to episode 6 of Schooldia.
0: The podcast where two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses talk from east to west coast about their combined 30-plus years of educational experiences.
1: And anything else we can come up with. It's called Sage
0: Wisdom. The goal is to make a podcast that teachers... And anyone else, tell your pals. ...find as fun and interesting as the teacher's lounge during lunch. But without the complaining. Man, we're not complaining. We're merely expressing our individuality. Sure
1: something like that. Hey, before we start today, I got to tell you something. Uh, we debated the merits of the pencil sharpener versus the stapler. Uh-huh. And if I remember right, our Facebook poll, I think the pencil sharpener, which was what I was arguing about, won by just a hair.
0: Yeah, it was by one vote. And my wife voted against me.
1: I know. I'm sorry about that.
0: That's all right. So
1: today I gave a test to about 185 freshman algebra students. Uh-huh. And part of the test required them to staple their notes to the page of the test, uh-huh. and I had a major stapler malfunction today, <laughs> and it was an absolute nightmare for me today. Every time I thought I got it fixed, it quit working again. So I just want to say I'm still sticking by my pencil sharpener, but I, I think stapler takes a really close second.
0: First of all, that's called karma, but the funny thing is that I was having a chat with one of my colleagues this morning, and I was talking about how they should stop using stupid pens because pens are dumb, and they should just have pencils, and she said, But you were arguing against that, and you even made the argument that (laughs) pens are better than pencils. And I was like, I know, but his choice was better. (laughs) Staplers
1: are not more important than a pencil sharpener. I think neither one of us probably want to admit that they're probably
0: almost equally as important.
1: just depends on the day.
0: It does. It does. So, Chad, if I were ordering food at a diner somewhere in Minnesota, and I asked for a Dagwood... What do you think I would get?
1: Dagwood. I don't know, maybe that character from the comic strip with the weird hair
0: and the blonde wife? Wrong! I would be getting a sub sandwich. Since moving across the country after living in Oregon my entire life, I'm frequently reminded that everyday items and events and actions go by entirely different names in other areas of our big and diverse country.
1: Okay, sure, like crawdads versus crayfish, depending on where you live. You know, I think my favorite regional term is what Rhode Islanders call milkshakes, cabinets.
0: That is so weird. I almost yeah. think you made that up. No. No. It's true. And there are even a few regional synonyms in our world of education. So I thought we'd have a little fun with this idea, and I put together a little game for us to play. So we're going to play What Do You Call It? Sweet. Let's do it. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going to describe either an item or an action, Uh and you're going to tell me what you would call that thing. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what I think, and we'll go from there. Sounds fun. So round one. This is a thing that students carry their stuff around in, Jansport is a popular brand, well,
1: I think we're probably going with backpack here
0: Right, except for here, they call it a book bag Oh, okay Always book bag, which is interesting Because they do carry their books, but they also carry other stuff Right, I'm not sure why it gets called that But when I call it a backpack, they're like, but I'm not going camping Oh, so that's more of a verb? Well, no, they think of a backpack as the kind that you would use when you're going camping Like a hiking backpack Whereas a book bag is your school bag Got it So there you go Round two These are found in hallways and are a free place for anyone to quench their thirst.
1: Uh, that's a drinking
0: fountain. Right, except for we call it a water fountain. Oh. I mean, that's normal. Okay. It's it's a water fountain. But when I think of a water fountain, I'm thinking more along the lines of... Something in a park. Yeah, you're in a park or something. But at least I didn't move to like Wisconsin, and I think maybe it's Boston. I can't remember. They call it a bubbler, <laughs> which is a fun word, but not what we call it. Okay, so the two rounds down round three, what you do to your phone or laptop when its battery needs to recharge? Oh, you plug it in right. They say plug it up, plug it up, plug it up. I'm gonna plug up my computer. That's what
1: happens when I have a, a stuffy
0: nose. It's just different. It surprises me. yeah it, and it sure. was it was very jarring when I first moved there. The other two made more sense to me. This one I'm not sure right. why because you're like what is the right. direction? Okay, round four. What you do with the switches on the wall that control the lights? Uh, wait, like turn them on? Yeah, that was the phrase I was looking for. Turn it on. Kids here, and and some adults say, "I'm gonna cut it on" or "cut it off." What? Yeah, like can you really? Cut out, can you cut off the lights? Yeah, I had a friend actually whose name is also Hill. I work with another Mister Hill. He owns a, a rototiller, and I had to do a bunch of yard work okay. last year and Uh he kept explaining to me how to cut it on and I was super confused because I didn't I was thinking like how to make it you know start tilling not how to get it right powered up and so yeah cut it on and cut it off is a is a phrase weird
1: now I will sometimes say hey cut the lights but they actually say cut it on
0: yeah cut it on or cut it off huh okay number five what the teacher does with the assignments that students have completed. When they're all done, what does the teacher do?
1: They pick it up.
0: Here, it's often, are you going to take it up? Take it up? Take it up. Huh. Yeah, just different.
1: It sounds like something they'd say in Canada. Sorry. Sorry?
0: Sorry. So here's the last one.
1: Is this the bonus?
0: Yeah, this all is right. the bonus. has nothing to okay. do with school at all. Uh, Got it. But here we go. This is a delicious chocolate and peanut butter cup manufactured by the Hershey's company.
1: It's a Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: People here call it a Reese's cup. What? Yeah, a Reese's cup. They just want a Reese's cup.
1: That must have thrown you off the first few times you heard it.
0: Yeah, and of all of these things, I am on board, like cool, regionalism is awesome, but it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It says it on the label. Right. It tells you what it's called. Right. It has an apostrophe S. It doesn't say Reesey. Just read it. I was talking to my kids about these regionalisms and my daughter, this was the first one she went to and she went on like a five minute rant about how much she hates when people say Reese Cup (laughs) and how she makes sarcastic comments to her friends and I'm like, honey, they're gonna hate you. And she's like, I don't even care. They have to pronounce it right.
1: (laughs) Well, that was fun. If you have any fun regionally specific terms, you want to share with us, go ahead and email us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear them.
0: Or you can share your thoughts on our Facebook page at schooljapod. Now, what do you say we take a quick break? Sounds good. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Schoolja is sponsored by Fairspace. Everyone wants life to be fair, but no one wants it more than your students. No matter what you do, someone is going to cry out, that's not fair, for every one of your decisions. But it doesn't have to be that way. Using an online platform that you design with simple drag-and-drop tools, Fairspace allows you to create an artificial intelligence virtual arbitrator, or AVA, that makes all decisions for you in a completely fair manner. You told the students they would get free time if they all worked and everyone except Allison did their work? Ask Ava what's fair.
1: The entire class loses the opportunity to have free time. You said all. Not everyone except Allison the lazy jerk.
0: Additionally, it can help students decide what to do about the rule breaker. Jump her. Fair space. Because you deserve a break and those kids are animals. All right, welcome back. Clint, I have a little quiz for
1: you. What do Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Rosie Ruiz all have in common?
0: Well, that's pretty easy. Their first and their last names all start with the same letter. Well, yeah, but
1: that's not what I'm looking for here. How about Lance Armstrong or even Atlanta Public Schools? Perhaps Richard Nixon could be placed in this group? Definitely Bill Clinton, but not in the political sense. Uh, ooh, 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 I got it. They were all cheaters. Yes, indeed. All of them are famous for being part of some pretty big cheating scandals, and even years after the fact, that ugly cheater label still stayed with them.
0: Yeah, cheating's a pretty tough situation, and his teacher's we have to deal with it more often than we'd like. Whether we're trying to make sure students aren't cheating or dealing with students who have, the topic of cheating is definitely an unfortunate part of a teacher's job.
1: So today we thought we'd take a deep dive into the topic. Why cheating sucks, how we try to prevent it, and how we've dealt with it in the past. So, I think for me, the weirdest part about any time I've had students cheat in my classes, I feel like I have pretty thick skin in terms of dealing with students who maybe say things to me or do things that might be offensive or personal. Those things don't usually bother me too much, but in situations Where students have cheated in my classes, I feel horrible. I have taken those things as more of a personal attack than any time a student's ever said anything negative toward me.
0: Yeah, I don't usually take it as like a personal affront quite as much as, like, what do you think? I'm stupid? Right. Do you think I'm dumb that I can't figure this out? Because a lot of the cheating that happens in an English classroom is plagiarism. Sure. There's not quite as much like cheating on quizzes and that kind of stuff, but there is an awful lot of easy to access information on the internet. Right. That then can find its way into papers. One of the things that I hate about it is that it takes up so much of my time. Right. Once I have figured out, okay, this doesn't look right, then I have to spend at least 10 minutes Tracking down the article where they found it, right. printing it off, highlighting it. It just adds to the already crushing load of paperwork that you have to do as a teacher. It's a drag.
1: Well, and the accusation of cheating is a pretty big deal. And you would obviously never want to accuse somebody of doing so if they hadn't. So you go the extra mile to make sure that you feel like it really did
0: happen. And I find myself, instead of feeling sad or upset about it, I'm just angry. Yeah. And that's not a good, that's not a good emotion to be trying to figure something out. Because then sometimes you... Can find things that are really close, but not quite exactly the same. And you're like, "Aha, that's close enough. I'm calling it. Right. So yeah, it can be, it can, it can be dangerous to get into that headspace. Yeah. And I
1: guess what I was trying to say uh, at the beginning was when cheating happens, it's you know, it's intentional. It's, it's a violation of the trust that you've put into that student. And so I guess that's where it kind of hits me.
0: One of the other frustrating things about cheating is that a lot of students and sometimes even parents, they don't really think that it's a big deal. Right. Like, so what if I found some information online or so what if my neighbor had the answer and so I, right. I peeked over there? Everybody does it. So why are you getting so upset?
1: Yeah. And I think that idea of, you know, everyone's done it, though that may be true to some degree, it doesn't excuse the action.
0: You know, sometimes we as adults do that, too. Sure. Uh, I know that we've done trainings where you have to take a quiz at the end of a little online training. Right. And instead of really concentrating and trying to learn the material, a lot of times as a group, we'll kind of be like, hey, what'd you get for number 10? Right. We collectively take those quizzes, which is cheating. It is. Well, I think most teachers that would maybe justify that,
1: because I've certainly done that before. Um, would say, well, yeah, but this isn't that really, you know, this isn't really a big deal. It's just a hoop we have to jump through. From a student's perspective, perhaps that's the same impression they have of the test that they're taking or the work that they're doing in your class is that it's just a hoop to jump through. You know, so it's like, well, maybe we have to do a better job of relaying the the importance of, of what they're doing and that it needs to be their own. You know, it's interesting. I think every teacher goes to certain extents to make sure that students don't cheat, which I hate to do because, you know, while intended to be a preventative measure, a lot of times these actions feel almost accusatory before the fact. Like, for example, in my classroom, we do a lot of collaborative work. So my tables are squares that four students sit at, which are great for collaboration, but are horrible for testing because you're really not far away from each other. So I have designed some kind of dividers, some little uh, stand-up, kind of cubicle things that that I use just on test days. Uh-huh. And even setting them up, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I feel like by setting these things up on test days that I'm almost saying, I know you guys are going to cheat and so I'm going to keep you from doing it. Or when teachers create multiple tests on the same topic so that kids can't copy of each other. Or I had a teacher in high school and I don't know if this was ever true, but the rumor was that the teacher would purposefully leave a false key near his desk that was in incorrect just to see if students would take a peek wow now that is pretty extreme
0: that's some entrapment there right that is
1: but the the point is at least for me is you know i hate to do those things for that very reason i'm always going to assume you are innocent before guilty but i don't want to have to like we said at the beginning i don't have to clean up the mess afterwards so i do as much as i can to keep that from happening before the fact
0: And I don't think that that's necessarily accusatory. I mean, I understand why you feel that way. Right. But I think that it's similar to putting lines on the road. It's not like it stops anybody from driving on the other side of the road if they didn't want to, but it keeps you safe. It keeps it so that there aren't so many accidents or wrecks or or other problems. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think that it's worth doing. I don't have the kind of tables that you have. I have desks, but I usually keep them in groups. Uh And on test days, I rearrange the classroom into rows, like the kind of traditional looking classroom. And one of the reasons I do that is that it's a very quick visual cue to the students to recognize... Oh, it's a test day. It's a different day. I'm sitting in a different spot. It doesn't feel as comfortable as normal, right. which is good. Right. But it makes them say, okay, this is something different. This is something that matters right. a little bit more than what we normally do. Yeah. And I imagine that putting up the dividers in, on your desks is the same thing. Yep. They walk in and they're like, oh yeah, I got to take this seriously. Right.
1: And actually, that's one of the, I, this is my first year with these desks and I love them. And mm-hmm. the, they work great for almost everything we do. But I miss the ability to be able to put desks in rows for that exact reason. I
0: think it would be cool if on the website, you maybe took a picture of your dividers. Yeah, I will. uh, Tables, because I think that would be a cool thing for people to see.
1: Yeah. And and I guess I'll mention this here. These are stand-up desks too. Uh, I was able to get a grant last year to build them and to buy stools. And so all my
0: kids can either stand or sit at stools. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, not only do we have kids kind of not taking it seriously, so we have to do all this front loading, but there are so many different ways to cheat than we really had access to when we were kids. We've got smartphones and smart watches and other technology that makes it tough. Yeah, I just found
1: out this week there's an app. There are apps now that you can just scan with your camera any picture of a math problem. It, It can be out of a textbook or I think it can even be handwritten as long as it's written neatly. And it will give you the answer to at least a lot of different types of problems. It's not going to take like a word problem, but some pretty complex math problems, it will just give you the answer to by scanning it with your camera. Man. Yeah. It's like every time you see something like this, you're just like, oh boy, now I got to kind of rethink this
0: <laughs> or rethink that. It's kind of an arms race where yeah. somebody comes up with something like that and teachers have to come up with a way to solve it. So they come up with something else to get around it. And you're just back and forth and back and forth trying to stay ahead right. of those very clever people.
1: And, you know, I think the thing that does make me feel better about this, I mean, this isn't the the most happy topic to be discussing, but I think the one thing that I do feel good about, you know, especially after a day like today where I just gave 180 plus tests is not many kids do this. I I truly believe because we set some of these guidelines and parameters and we do all the things we do to try to prevent it. I think it's a small Mm -hmm. percentage. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of cheating that happens in a school day. But you know, when I think about my day to day, I, I don't feel like there was a lot of dishonesty that took place.
0: I think a lot of the cheating happens on the edges of the bell curve. So the kids that are really low and maybe struggle with the topic, they might cheat just because they just don't know what to do. They have, they really have no idea about a certain problem or whatever. And then on the other side, I think that some of our brightest, most high-achieving students will cheat not because they don't know how to do things, but because either they think it's kind of a waste of their time to do it the right way, or they have a little bit of panic of, I don't know how to do this, and I don't want to ask, and I really don't want look dumb and there's a lot of pressure on me by mom and dad or by my peers or just internal pressure. I don't want to get a D on a test. That would totally mess up my whole future. And so those kids, I think, are often some of the more blatant cheaters who will just be like, it doesn't matter. I need to get into such and such college. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the grade I need. Mm. And sometimes I think that because of and I don't have a solution to this. But because of the way our schools are set up with a grading system, a lot of students are more interested in the grade than they are in the learning. Right. And if you're only interested in the grade, then you don't care if you cheat. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. With our example of teachers, like when we had to do those trainings, I wasn't really that interested in learning the material. Right. I was interested in getting the assignment done. Right. And, and I think that somehow we have to convince kids – that it's the learning that matters. Yeah. I don't know if our system of testing is is the best way to do that, but I, again, don't have any solutions.
1: And that brings up another point of, are there levels of cheating? And I don't have an answer for this because I guess, you know, the argument would be, well, wrong is wrong, no matter if it's a small wrong or a big one. But, you know, really the difference between copying somebody's homework versus plagiarizing a major paper or cheating on a final exam, you know, or the difference between, you know, glancing over someone's shoulder during a test to maybe steal one problem versus taking a picture picture of a test with your phone and sharing it with others. Like, I, I don't have an answer to that.
0: To me, in some ways, you could look at our criminal justice system. I like to watch Law & Order. Dun-dun! Yes, exactly. And they have different classifications of murder. Right. Like, there's manslaughter, and then there's, like, premeditated, and then there's crimes of passion, and all of those kinds of things. And I think sometimes cheating can be a crime of passion.
1: Where are you going with this?
0: You're sitting there, you're panicked, you're not sure what the answer is, and you look right. over... You glance over at your neighbors, they have an answer, and you know that name is right there in front of you. Yep. Yeah. And so you just take advantage. Whereas the ones that really scare me are the premeditated, where somebody goes in, takes a picture of the test, Snapchats it out to everybody, and then yeah. all those tests are basically invalid. That's the part that seems to me the most intense. Yeah. I can forgive a crime of passion. I have a really hard time forgiving those premeditated cheating yeah. scandals. You know, the other thing about cheating, and I don't know if
1: you've dealt with this as an English teacher, but as a math teacher, you know, the biggest red flag for me is when, you know, a student who's not had success in a class it gets like a perfect score on an exam. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of think sometimes people aren't very good at it. Yeah. I had a situation last year where we I had a student find my key and it sucked, but they also got a perfect score on the test mm-hmm. without showing any work right. or anything else. And it was, it was so obvious that you're kind of like, let's think this through <laughs> next time.
0: Well, and, and that also makes me wonder how many kids cheat and we don't know because they're really good at it. Right. Like they know I'm just going to shoot for an 88 on this. That'll be good enough for my grade. That's all I really want. So I'm going to get a few wrong because yeah. that means nobody will be able to double check it. It won't be that red flag like you're talking
1: about. It's like the person who, who steals just a couple bucks from the till at their work versus taking thousands. Exactly.
0: I guess cheating will always be one of the less fun challenges of teaching. But after all this talk of a pretty unpleasant topic, I think I need a bit of a palate cleanser. Good idea, buddy.
1: Let's take another break. Today's episode of School Jazz brought to you by Life Unlock. Are you sick of hearing all your teacher friends talk about the cool things they do on the weekend while you're at home surfing Pinterest for bulletin board ideas? Hey, it's great you're passionate about your job as a school teacher, but face it, you need a life. That's why there's Life Unlock, the subscription service for teaching professionals that provides you with a new and socially relevant hobby every few months. A Life Unlock hobby assignment specialist will send you your new life's passion, complete with the necessary equipment and instructional videos, as well as a complete list of required jargon, fashion styles, and stereotypes associated with your new me-time activity. I myself am a Life Unlock member, and just last week I received my first kombucha brewing kit. And while my kombucha still takes Horrific. I'm proud to say I've started eating only organic, sustainably grown foods. I haven't showered in a week, and I'm currently in the market for a tiny home, just like a real kombucha maker. Before this, I was a passionate ballroom dancer, competitive ping pong player, stained glass window maker, the list goes on. So if you're stuck in a rut and need help getting pried out, contact Life Unlocked for your next adventure, because your lame personal life just needs a little nudge.
0: And welcome back. We're going to close this thing down the way we do every episode. With its new and improved name, Dad Dad Chat. Chat. Yep, believe it or not, there is more to
1: our lives than just being teachers. And here's where we like to share something else in our lives that brings us joy, makes us laugh, or is keeping us busy. Clint, why don't you go first?
0: Okay, so mine involves a word that has been on the lips of like every freshman in my school. And I'm wondering if it's also hitting the West Coast. That word is... Fortnite. I am not hearing that as like something that students are saying. Not at all. Okay. Fortnite is a free video game that can be played on PC or on Xbox. Is it available on phones? Yes, it is also available. Yes. Okay, on I'm, phones. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna retrace my steps there. Okay, it's everywhere. It's. I just forgot what they were calling it.
0: It's freaking everywhere. And right. for those of you that don't know what it is, it's basically a first-person shooting game. You can either be as an individual or you're on a team, and you just run around and you try to get rid of everybody. And it's it's sort of like a game of tag where you're running around trying to get everybody out and you stay in as the winner. And the kids are obsessed with it, like absolutely obsessed. It's on every phone. It is... This year's fidget spinner, like if you, if you recall the fidget spinner last year being everywhere and being kind of annoying, now it's this game Fortnite. My son really enjoys that game and he's playing it a lot on our computer at home. In fact, we have to kind of allot our time. Like we talk to each other every day and say, okay, I've got to edit this podcast. Okay, well, I want to play these games. And he's actually got a little YouTube channel where he plays games and records himself. Uh, so oh, wow. we have to, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And so we have to divide our time as to who gets the computer, like a timeshare. But. But Ty and I had this discussion, and this is kind of my dad chat part of it. We had this discussion because he loves to watch other people play video games on YouTube. Right. And to me, it's like, why would you do that? Why don't you just play the game? You own Minecraft. Just play that. And... It was interesting because the way Ty explained it to me, and I think it makes a lot of sense, is he said, well, why don't you just go out and play basketball, Dad? Why do you want to watch a bunch of people you don't know play basketball? And I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea why I like to watch basketball. It's just fun. It's fun to watch. And he said, well, I I like watching these guys play video games because they can do things that I can't do. And the the way that they do it is so interesting and exciting and they're funny while they're doing their commentary. It's just really entertaining and it kind of put it into perspective that you know, I needed to learn a little bit. It's definitely an entertaining sport that is fun if you're into it. It's really fun to watch what other people can do. I just appreciate getting to have that conversation with my boy and and learning something new and I can't wait until Fortnite becomes boring and the kids find (laughs) something else to do because I'm tired of hearing about it at school.
1: Give it a few minutes. I think the best point he makes there is, and this this is kind of why I enjoy watching sports but I can totally see why someone would enjoy watching someone play video games. Watching someone do something that you can't do. You know, I could go out and play basketball but I can't play like LeBron James. While I don't think I would ever be at a point where I would enjoy watching someone play video games on YouTube, I can see where Ty's coming from. I'm glad. All right, so I know in our next full episode we plan on talking about side hustle so I'm not going to go into this too much but next Sunday is the opening day for our local outdoor market. It's called the Astoria Sunday Market. You know, it's an outdoor market like many small towns have i wouldn't necessarily call it as much of a farmers market because while there is produce and things that farmers provide it's more of a an art and craft and kind of handmade market more than anything else so anyway last year was my first year doing the market I set up a booth with some of my handmade woodworking and, and other things and it was really cool because kind of scratched an itch for me in terms of doing something different outside of being a teacher and I do consider myself a relatively creative person who kind of needs to do that on a daily basis so it was really fun to be able to do that and make some money in a totally different kind of environment and, and world uh, versus teaching but the biggest pain for me was setting up my booth if you've been to any of these These are usually like the 10 by 10 white canvas tents you know you got tables and all your product and signs and and everything else and it really ended up taking about three hours in the morning before the market starts and at least an hour and a half at the end of the day while i love doing the market and i love selling the goods that was kind of a pain so all off season i pondered building a trailer of some sort that i could use as a booth and so uh, in january i found this rusty old utility trailer and i built this really cool pop-up mobile vendor booth. If you can kind of imagine just like a little fort that Mm -hmm. has a big pop-up wall that turns into the roof, a big awning. And inside I have all my shelves and, and all my goods that I plan to sell. And the really cool thing about it is I'll just be able to pull up. I'll be able to open it up and I'm open for business. And so I'm really excited about it. Actually, you can check out my Instagram account and see some pictures of it. And I'm just super excited that the market's starting up again in a week. And I'm excited to be able to try to use this new trailer and see how much easier it is for me to set things up. So if you are Astoria people, come check it out. And if not, check me out on Instagram.
0: That's awesome, dude. Uh, You're going to end up having a whole bunch of people that want a trailer like that.
1: Yeah, I know that. That's kind of my hope. That would be pretty cool.
0: If you're interested in any of uh, Chad's stuff, one of the things that he does that's really cool is he can make these little custom key fobs, and you can actually see those on our website in the swag section. So if you go to schooljapod.com backslash swag, you can check out Chad's awesome wares. Well, that's a wrap for episode six. Do you have a question? Any great cheating stories you want to share? We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at schooljapod. You can also find me on Twitter at Seahill Astoria. Follow me on
1: Instagram at Chatterboxes and don't forget about our rad new website, schooljapod.com. The hip
0: intro and outro music you are swinging to right now was performed by my rad wife, Nikki. And all our sponsors are fictitious, but our... Our artwork is not. Big thanks to Corey Logan for our stellar
1: cover design. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And go ahead and leave us a review on
0: iTunes. It will help other people find us. And before we go, a big shout out to our own wives, moms, and mother-in-laws, as well as all the mothers out there. Thanks for all you've done to inspire and support your kids. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for listening. See you soon.